Gary Pray upon our lives. Heavenly Father, we thank you for such wonderful gathering tonight. We thank you for your grace and mercies. We thank you for your love. We thank you for the gift of life. We pray and commit tonight steady into your hand and we ask that you come and lead us. We pray for the presence of your Holy Spirit that you come and teach us the very depths of your word that we may be able to hold the wondrous things in them. We thank you for an answered prayer. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. Yeah, we bless God for giving us this evening and we thank you for your audience as well. Tonight is going to be a very interesting night as we will be seeking to delve into one interesting book of the Bible. We know from last week that we did the third episode, the third and final episode of our series that's Fight, Run and Keep. And I know that by the grace of God, we are fighting on, we are keeping on, and then we are running our race. And we are asking that the Lord will grant us mercies to be able to finish the work that he has set for us. Yeah, so tonight is going to be quite fascinating. We will be studying one book of the prophets from the Old Testament and the book we would like to delve into is the book of Jonah. So tonight's survival study will be taking um, each of the chapters and then we will be having an exegesis or a study on them. Yes, so we'll be discussing to know what the Lord has in store for us. So it's going to be a four-part series and this happens to be the very first and premiere of them. So I want us to Join us, even as we take along our Bibles, our notebooks, our notepads, and any device that can help us to follow. And then let's ask the Lord to lead us, even as we start this Bible study. So I'll be reading from the book of Jonah, yeah, Jonah chapter 1. So let's move quickly into our Bibles, and then let's follow, even as I read. So Jonah chapter 1. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them and Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Verse 5 Then the mariners were afraid, and cried every man unto his God, and cast forth the words that were in the ship into the sea, to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship, and he lay and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meaneth that, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God, if so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. And they said everyone to his fellow, Come, and let us cast lots, that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots, and the lots fell upon Jonah. And they said unto him, Tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us. What is thine occupation, and whence comest thou? What is thy country, and of what people art thou? And he said unto them, I am an Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. 
Then were the men exceedingly afraid and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. Then said they unto him, What shall we do unto thee, that the sea may become unto us? But the sea wrought and was tempestuous. And he said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea. So shall the sea become unto you. For I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. Nevertheless, the men ruled hard to bring it to land. But they could not, for the sea wrought and was tempestuous against them. Wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not upon us innocent blood. For thou, O Lord, hast done as it pleased thee. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from Hera region. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord, and made vows. The last verse. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. So, beloved, this is the word of God unto us. Yeah, so um, that was quite um, a lengthy one from Jonah chapter 1 and from the very first chapter um, or from the very first verse, um, the book of Jonah um, doesn't really give us much background information about the prophet that's Jonah about who he was and his family background and it just gives us or introduces Jonah being the son of Amittai and then to go great to say that the word of the Lord came unto him and God had sent him to go into the land of Nidibe and I'm very sure that uh, some of us or most of us are quite conversant with the book of Jonah especially for those of us who um, love to go to Sunday school. Uh, if you do not love to go to Sunday school like me, then probably um, the story would not be very familiar to you. But I'm sure if you are, you've been with a church or you've had a Christian background, I'm sure the story of Jonah is one that you have come across quite a couple of times. Yes. And I'm sure you know, most of us know the story, but today we want to really delve into it and see what the Lord has in store for us. Yeah, so from the beginning chapters or chapter of the book, there's no much background about who Jonah is. It just goes straight to say that the word of the Lord came unto him and God had sent him to go and preach unto the land of Nineveh because of the evil that they were doing. But strangely enough, Jonah... After he had received the word of the Lord, decided to flee. And also, there isn't much information about why Jonah um, wanted to flee from the presence of the Lord. Because as soon as the word of the Lord came unto him, it just dawned on him that he should just flee and then move into a city called Tarshish. Yes. But on his way to flee from the presence of the Lord, then this is quite strange. I'm sure. In the course of Bible study, we get to answer these questions: that why would Jonah try to flee from God? Because when we look down, and um, he was asked about his background and who he was, he said he's an Hebrew, and then he serves the God who made the heavens and the earth. So, if you serve a God who has made the heavens and the earth, why would you? try or attempt to flee from this presence when you know that this is literally an impossible move that you'll be making. Yeah, but I'm sure um, in the course of our study we'll get to know more about this. Yeah, so Jonah tried to flee from presence of the Lord. So he went, he paid his fellowship and then as they were going, the Bible said that um, God sent a wind so there was so much ravaging on the sea and a whole lot. So the people began to take out some of their staff so that the ship would be much lighter so that they wouldn't end up sinking. But still it was going on. 
So what one of the seamen or the fishermen did was that um, they went to see John, and strangely enough, in the midst of this tempestuous sea and the wind and everything, the storm, Jonah was fast asleep in the side of um, the ship. That's what the Bible records. And it's strange enough for Jonah to be sleeping in such a condition. So the Bible goes on to tell us that the man approached Jonah and then told him to call upon his God. So I'm very sure that as the sea began to ravage him, some of the men on the sea tried to call upon their gods. So those who worship maybe the God of the sea were trying to call upon him. Those who worship the God of the sun, the God of... So every man was trying his possible best or what they knew how to do best to make sure that they avert the sea that was raging. But it looks like their efforts proved futile. So one captain or one of the fishermen had to go and see Jonah because it looked like everyone was trying their best but Jonah was the only one around who wasn't um, doing it and they found him asleep so they woke him up and then in the course of the text we got to find out that um, Jonah told them he was the cause of the wind and the storm that was blowing and strangely enough when they got to find out that Jonah was the cause they attempted to steer or drive the ship to a safe land but it looked quite impossible so Jonah told them earlier on or early on that they should just cast him into the sea and then that would be the end of their problem but they didn't want to do such a thing because they knew that that would be like killing Jonah like an innocent blood will fall upon their hands and so they tried to steer the ship to a safe land but it wasn't possible so they had to just do that so they put Jonah or cast him into the sea and then the last verse is also quite fascinating because it says the Lord had prepared a, a fish to swallow Jonah. Yes, we want to hear from our submission from this summary. Um, the first question that I want to ask. Okay, um, okay. first let's take our submissions from what we heard from the text. Yeah, so if... Uh, Benny, you could go ahead with your submission. Let's hear from you. Your general submission from the book of Jonah. Okay, so um, good evening. And thank you for the opportunity. So I'll begin with um, the very first, the second um, verse. And from the NIV, it, sounds, um, it says that, Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. And I want to just um, stress on that I have seen. And then I think um, a lot of us have become too familiar with the fact that God sees what we do or God sees our wickedness. So in as much as we're talking about um, Jonah and his story, and the Bible tells us that, or it's as I've read, says that God saw the wickedness of Nineveh. And there's a lot of us are, we are conversant or we are okay when we are told that maybe God sees our wickedness. But then in, in the sight of people, let's say if we are, people are to see our wickedness, sometimes it drives us to do the right thing because we know that maybe our friends are watching or people are watching. I say this because, um, I think last week I was committed so much. There was something, I did something wrong. And then I felt so, so bad about it. I came confessing to my roommate. I confessed to my friend. I was so, so, I was feeling very bad and very remorseful. And then um, I I even prayed for forgiveness and I knew I was forgiven. Um, but I was still, you know, having so much remorse and then um, it just dawned on me that 
the what I did wasn't really grievous, even though it was a sin. It wasn't so. I'm not grading sins, but then it wasn't so hard. But yeah, it wasn't so grievous. But I felt so so bad, and the reason why I felt very very bad was because someone saw me did it, and because maybe perhaps the reputation I have in court, or maybe the fact that I was a leader, and the way the person said this, it benefited now I say, uh huh. So it made me feel so so bad because I knew that someone has seen it and to have the person go and tell someone or it to be on the lips of someone so i felt very remorseful uh-huh, for what i had done but then i remembered sometimes that i had really done something wrong and i was like oh god has seen it and god has forgiven me so i asked for forgiveness and that's all i know that god has forgiven me and it brought me peace and i was okay uh-huh. so it just dawned on me how um perhaps i had so much wickedness in my heart in that I looked um, or I esteemed the words of men or I esteemed men above God in a way because I was okay with God seeing my wickedness and because I know that God is forgiven, I can just go back to God and ask for God's forgiveness. But in the sight of men, I felt, okay, I have a reputation in courts. Uh-huh. So let me do the right thing. You know, I wouldn't want this person to see me this way. So in my, this is what came to my mind, that we have to make sure we know and have to esteem God you know, above men in that it's a big deal for God to see your sins, yes. And we shouldn't esteem men above God, yes. And the the next thing or the next point that I want to share, it says that like um, God saw the wickedness of others, so the wickedness of Nineveh, so God saw a problem. And then he decided to give a solution in the form of um, telling Jonah, to go and speak to them but then Jonah refused and even we are reading the first chapter it doesn't really tell us why um, Jonah refused to obey this particular command and it may, it may have you may think about I mean several reasons why and you may even ask yourself a lot of times maybe God tells you to do something and you know deep within your heart because the verse says this uh Verse 1 says that now the word of God came to Nineveh. It wasn't like someone told Noah that God said do it. So um, Jonah knew in his heart that it was God speaking to him. Uh-huh. So a lot of times we know that God is the one speaking to us. We cannot deny it or we know it without a shadow of doubt that it is God speaking to you to, to do this particular thing and a lot of times when we go to church we say oh God I want to obey you God I love you with all my heart God I want to serve you I want to do this but this same God comes to us and give us instructions to prove our love to him and we are so um, comfortable with saying no to this particular God and you may have um, reasons perhaps Jonah anticipated maybe the difficulty and he said that then yeah, I'll not do it. But one thing that I was reading that brought my intention was that a lot of times we overesteem the challenges that we are um, we are going to face in obeying God. And that's when God tells us to do something. We definitely know we will have challenges, but a lot of times we um, overesteem them uh-huh, to say that we think the challenges will be too overwhelming so let me not let me just stop uh-huh. but then when we really start or when we really take the first step we get to know that the challenges although are there but then they are not overbearing or they are not overwhelming and god is the one who grants us grace to do these particular things so god um the instructions of God given to us are not impossible to be done. They are truly possible to be done. But a lot of time we magnify the issues or we magnify the challenges that we are and um, we are bound to face. Other times too, maybe because of shame, we don't want to do God's will and uh, God's commandments, or we don't want to obey God because we are afraid of the shame that may be associated with it. Maybe someone will think that you are too spiritual, someone will think that you are like this, you are like that. So there may be a lot of um, reasons why you wouldn't want to obey God, but you can sit down and analyze and get to know why. Why do you think um, obeying God is 
sort of a challenge for you and then find a way around this and God will help you. And I also want to stress, I think maybe this is my last one, so that as I will talk, um, I want to stress on the fact that um, Jonah ran away. It's quite interesting for me because as Benjamin said, he knew who his God was and he said that he um, served the God who created the heavens and who created the sea. So he knew that if God created the sea, perhaps God also has power and authority over the sea and this same sea is the one he's traveling on uh-huh. so he should have known i think he should have known that god saw him and it wasn't he shouldn't have i don't know come to his mind that he's running away from god to me i think it's very very ignorant of him to say that or to think that by traveling to Tashas, he's going to run away or he's running away from god it's like your mother is right before you and you're covering your face with your hand thinking that your mother is not going to see you i mean it's such a childish ignorance and i think that's what a lot of us portray in let's say in our obedience to god when god tells us to do something we think that we are running away from him or it's also ignorant of us to say that we will do something or it's also ignorant of us to do certain things uh-huh to as disobedience um, to God's word in that um, sometimes we um, ignore God's command or God tells us to do something and we ignore it. We think that's by ignoring it. I mean like the belt or the impulse that we have will go away and we think that by the impulse going away, it means that, oh, it's that God has forgotten or it's not on God's heart again. So maybe if God tells you to do something today, you think about tomorrow, then maybe God has sorted himself out or the burden will go away. So you didn't feel the guilt, so it's fine for you. Uh-huh. And it's ignorance. I mean, it's ignorance on our part um, that we portray in that if God has said you should do this, he's still waiting on you to do it. Maybe if you portray obedience he might tell someone else to do it but then by you not doing it it doesn't take away the fact that god has i mean instructed you to do it so by jonah going away or going to touch it doesn't mean that god has i mean god has forgotten it doesn't mean that god is not seeing him running away it doesn't mean that god has said okay because you are running i think i should take away this particular um, assignment I've given you. And also, by doing something else, a lot of times when God tells us to do something, we try to do something else so that, oh, maybe we'll think it will appease our conscience. We don't really want to do what God says directly in that, let's say, God will tell you to apologize, go and say sorry to a friend. But you think by buying this person, let's say, a gift is the same as uh, maybe apologizing, but it's not the same. It's two different things. So a lot of times we deceive ourselves by not doing exactly what God tells us to do, but we do something else, perhaps to appease our conscience, or we do what we don't know, but it's an act of ignorance in that the assignment or the instruction God has given you is still pending. So God is still, I mean, according you accountable for that particular instruction that he has given you. So I think this is my submission. So the first one is that God sees you. So you should esteem um, the knowledge and the consciousness that God sees your wickedness above that of men. Men may see your wickedness, but then God's opinion of you is um, it should be esteemed higher than that of men. So God should push you not to do the wrong thing by them and, 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 and not men. And the next one is that when we deny God or when we portray um, or when we are obedient to God is an act of, um, let me say it again. Or the second one is that we portray ignorance in every excuse to be disobedient to God. Whether you are doing something else which is similar to what God has um, told you, or you are merely not doing it, or you, are, you think by just ignoring God's commandments, the commandments or the instruction will just merely go away. They are all acts of disobedience, and all these acts of disobedience or these excuses we give to ourselves to perhaps appease our conscience they are all ignorance and they don't hold god's instruction to you is still pending amen amen thank you very much uh for such an elaborate um, submission yeah so 
Um, and he has made us to understand that um, God sees our every deed. And from even the first three verses, we get to understand um, the word that God sent unto Jonah. And he said that the wickedness of the land of Nehemiah had come before him. And when you go to the book of Genesis chapter 18, there's quite a similar scenario that is painted also there about the land of Sodom and Gomorrah before um, God rained down fire and then brimstone upon the land to destroy it. First of all, he sent um, two angels here. Yeah, when we read from Genesis chapter 18, let's just go there and see what happened. It's quite similar to what is happening here. Um, Genesis chapter 18 verse, verse 20. It says, and the Lord said, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which is come unto me, and if not, I will know. So this story um, talks about the three angels of men who came to visit Abraham and after they were done the um, Bible said that the Lord wanted these angels to go to the land of Sodom and Gomorrah and go and see if indeed the cry or the wickedness that is of the land that was ascending to heaven is really true or wrong here yeah, so this also makes us to understand one very important point that before God uh, makes any before he punishes any wrongdoing. Um, God first, uh, should I say, goes on to actually verify. Or God grants us some grace period before he actually um, makes a move when it comes to punishment, sorry, sin, and then the consequences thereof. Because for the land of Nineveh, God wanted Jonah to go there and then preach to them first. Then see if they will repent. If they had not repented, then they would have received the consequences of their sin. And this was similar to what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah. God first sent angels to go and see or even warn them first. So we just want to take this and then apply it to our lives that sometimes we may be doing certain things that we know that these things are wrong, but maybe we are not seeing any um, punishment or consequences of them. But actually it is God that is um, granting us this grace period or is granting us grace to actually repent from our sins because it will get to a point where we, uh, we might not be able to turn from our sins and then we are going to receive the full punishment of it. When we read from the book of Psalms, let's go to the book of Psalms. It says Psalm 103 verse 8. It says, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. So the psalmist is here is also trying to make us understand one key nature of God, that God is a God who is full of mercy and then he is slow to anger. So before God does anything, punish any sin, he makes sure that he grants us that grace and gives us that time to actually repent from our sins before he actually makes a move or before he actually um, let us receive the consequences or the fruits of our deeds. So these are, or this is one thing that we need to learn from just these three verses of the book of Jonah, that every deed of ours is before God. And God is always going to send someone, or God is going to prompt us in our own ways to make us aware of it before we receive the consequences of it. We want to move on also to the next verses and then see what we can glean from these verses. So I want to read from verse 4. It says, But the Lord sent a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. The mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God, and cast forth the waves that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship, and he lay and was fast asleep. So the ship master came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God, if so be, that God will think upon us, that we perish not. And they said 
everyone to his fellow. Come and let us cast lots, that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots, and the Lord fell upon Jonah. Then said they unto him, Tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us. What is thine occupation, and whence comest thou? What is thy country, and of what people art thou? So from the verse 4 to verse 8, yeah, so he was talking about um, after Jonah had tried to flee from the presence of the Lord, God sent this wind, yeah, mainly to prevent him from running away from him. And then one important thing I want to take note of is that from the verse 5, he said, The mariners were freed and cried every man unto his God. And this is very, very important. And it's one nature of men that anytime men go into times of trials and temptations, they try to seek help. Whether the help is going to be from, or mostly they'll try to seek help from someone or something that can help them. So the verse 5 was painting to us that uh, these mariners or fishermen, each of the men that were on board of the ship were trying to call upon their God. So as I said earlier on, those that were worshipping the God of the sea were trying to call upon that God, maybe through their chants and then incantations. Those that worship the God of the sun were also doing their own thing. Those that worship the God of the wings. So every man was trying to call upon God or to call upon their God to see if their God will come to their rescue. It was then that the, one of the seamen moved to see where Jonah was and then called upon him that he should also try and then call upon his God. So one key characteristic of men is that, or let me say, um, there is something in men or there is a void in men that only God can fill. Because um, when these men hit rock bottom or when they hit these trials and temptations, the only thing that they could think of, because the first thing they did was to lighten the ship as they tried to throw away some of their articles and then their vessels to make the ship light so that it doesn't sink easily. Then the next step was to call upon their God when they knew that um, the first step had failed. So there's this gap or there's this void in men that only God can fill. And not any other God can fill this gap, but it's only the God of heaven, the God who made the sea and then the earth. And it's quite interesting, um, in these our modern times, or even before these modern times, we have people who profess to say that they don't believe in God and they are atheists. And to some extent, it is not true because even if you profess to say that you don't believe in God, there is actually something that you believe in. But I, w- I want us to understand that there's this void in us that only the God of heaven can fill and it behoves upon us to just open up unto God to make him complete that missing um, piece of our life. It's very, very important here. Yeah. And that is one of the main reasons why these men on board had to or their next attempt after emptying the ship was to call upon God because they knew that when all things fail, there is a higher being or there is a supreme being that can save men when everything of their efforts is failing. So I want to know if um, Mahabeni has any submission from these verses that we've read so far. Okay, so the verse 5 that you read in the sense that I'm reading the last part of the verse. It says, But Jonah had gone down into the lowest parts of the ship. He had laid down and was fast asleep. And it's quite interesting in that um, he had so much comfort, or he was so comfortable. While the others were struggling and trying to find a way around with a storm, he was down there enjoying the time of his life, having the best sleep perhaps. And so um, that draws our attention to the fact that the fact that you are comfortable in your life or in any season in your life, or the fact that you are maybe at peace, doesn't mean that God is actually pleased with you. So maybe, um, so before. Jonah sailed the ship, perhaps he had gotten a free ride, 
or maybe he had an easy way out to pay for his transport and then maybe the people there were his friends so yes he could have had the opportunity to board the bus on a silver platter maybe as i said a free ride or something and then when he went on the um, the boat or the ship so he found a nice place called the place to lay down his head and sleep so he seemed to be quite comfortable even though he was running away from god or he was being disobedient to god he 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 looked like he was very comfortable so and as we know um, there was an impending storm or there was a storm whilst he was lying down in comfort because of his own actions of disobeying god so it just brings us um, our minds the fact that if you are comfortable in life or people are let's say praising you or you are in your own comfort zone nicely doing i mean having the success people would crave for it doesn't necessarily mean that uh, god is also you know happy with you so we should also always try to examine our lives to know whether God is pleased with us or not so because as we have come to notice or read the circumstances or what you're enjoying in your life the pleasures you're enjoying in your life doesn't automatically say that God is pleased with you or you're on the right path so you shouldn't you know mistaking your comfort or even the successes in your life to be God's blessings because Yes, the devil can also give blessings and circumstances in happen in life also happen. So don't think because you are comfortable in your life or because things are going your way, it means that God shares your joy or God is also um, pleased with you. So we should examine our lives and know that um, we have to, as I said, we have to take the opinion of God. So. God's word or God's opinion should be our priority. Amen. Amen. Yeah, God bless very much for that wonderful submission. So we should make sure that God's submission or God's say in our life should be our priority. And we should also know that the fact that things are going on quite well or everything is cozy and rosy in our life should not make us to think that everything is okay but we should constantly be examining our lives to see that whether our lives aligns with the will of god or not and it's quite interesting how jonah was able to just go down into the ship and then uh, sorry sleep in this uh, storm or okay we can say that before he went aboard the ship the 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 wind and the storms are not yet begun yeah but there are only two reasons why Jonah would be sleeping at that point it could mean that um first of all he knew that the wind and the storms were going to come so he was just trying to relax himself and then wait for it to come or he was trying to um guys avoid the men on the ship I don't know if you get to the point yet. I'm sure maybe Jonah had a foreknowledge that once he's fleeing from the presence of God, God is going to um, try to do something to stop him. Yeah. But when you read from, I don't want us to go ahead of ourselves, when you read in the other chapters, you get to know why Jonah tried to flee or escape from the presence of the Lord. But you answer the question when we get to the appropriate um, book yes so we want to continue with the study and it's also quite interesting um uh, there's also a similar scenario in the book of mark when jesus was with his disciples on the sea and the bible also paints that same scenario to, to us that jesus christ was also fast asleep when the winds and the storms were just blowing and it's interesting. I don't know if Jonah was able to, by his prophetic onshine, peep into the future and see that uh, this is something that Jesus will be doing. So he's trying to imitate such an act. Yeah, but that's just by the way. Yeah, so I want us to continue with our study and then I'll read from the verse 8. So he says, Then said they unto him, Tell us, we pray thee, 
for whose cause this evil is upon us? What is thy occupation, and whence comest thou? What is thy country, and of what people art thou? And he said unto them, I am an Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which had made the sea and the dry land. Then were the men exceedingly afraid, and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he had fled from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. Verse 11 says, Then said they unto him, What shall we do unto thee, that the sea may become unto us? For the sea was and was tempestuous. Yeah, but before we go on to the next submission, I think there's one thing that I left out from the verse 7. He talked about the men casting lots to see who was actually the cause of this um, sea storms and then winds that were blowing. Yeah. And casting lot was something that was um, familiar with the, should I say, the pagans. Yes. It was one way they used to truth in their circles. Yes. Unlike the people of God, the Israelites. For the Israelites, um, one of the ways that the priests knew the will of God was um, by means of the human and tumen. And I want to use this because it's quite similar to. It's not the same. It's yeah, it's not the same, but it's quite similar to casting lots. The human and tumen were like stones of light that the priests knew, or they used to know and then detect the will of God or what God actually was trying to say to them. Yes, but casting lot was one way they used to know or they used to review uh, perceived truth in their circles. And it's very interesting how that they cast the lot um, was able to fall on Jonah. I'm sure if the lot would have fallen on someone else, maybe God would have actually made the lot to fall on Jonah because Jonah was definitely the cause of what they were going through. But I want to emphasize on the statement that Jonah made in verse 9. He said, and he said unto him, I am an Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. The portion I want us to emphasize on is what Jonah said, that's, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which has made the sea and dry land. This is um, is quite fascinating because this is Jonah trying to profess his faith in God. And he actually said that he fears God who made the heavens and the earth. But this is Jonah who is trying to flee from this same God he's trying to profess as the God of the heavens and the earth. And I know and I want us to try and glean or learn something from this text because I know many times as Christians we have or as we've already professed our faith in God there are a lot of acts and deeds that um, presupposes that our stance in God is not actually what we profess to say because as Christians we know that our life is supposed to be aligned with the life of Christ our life is supposed to look like how Jesus Christ lived and most of the time we say a lot of things we fear God we love God and the whole lot but when we look at the contents and the deeds of our life you know that our deeds and the words that we profess or the will of God for our life, they are in very sharp contrast. So Jonah is here professing and telling the men that I am a Hebrew and I fear the Lord. But he was just right there doing contrary against the same way that he was professing to say. I just want to admonish us that as Christians, we ought to take our um, confessions very serious. We ought to take the Christian faith that we profess very important. That they are not just mere ways that we are just trying to say, or we are not trying to please the men of this world with the ways that we see. But our lives and our deeds should align with what we see or what the word of God has in store for us because we can't be saying one thing and be doing one thing so Jonah is here saying that he fears God but he is literally on a ship trying to escape from the presence of God or trying to escape an assignment that God had given him so I'm just trying to admonish us that we should take note 
that once we have decided to follow God, we should just endeavor and make sure that every part of our lives, our deeds, our actions, our motives and our inactions should align with the will of God or should align with the commandments and everything that the word of God has said that we should do. So this is one thing I want us to glean from this few scriptures. All right, so I want to continue reading um, from, I'm reading from the verse 10. It says, Then were the men exceedingly afraid and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. Then said they unto him, What shall we do unto thee, that the sea may become unto us? For the sea wrought and was tempestuous. And he said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea, so shall the sea become unto you. Sorry. For I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to bring it to the land, but they could not, for the sea wrought and was tempestuous against them. Wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee. Let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not upon us innocent blood, for thou, O Lord, hast done as it pleased thee. So they took Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. Yeah, so from the verse 10 to the verse 15, just talks about the um, communication that was seen between Jonah and the men. So later on, even the men, after they got to know who Jonah was, they were quite amazed because um, Jonah said that he, uh, he proclaimed that he served the God who made the heavens and the earth and this is him trying to escape or trying to avert an assignment that God had given to him. So even the men were amazed because even these men, as we knew from the early texts, that some of them were trying to call upon their gods um, to save them from the raging sea. I'm sure most of these men knew that their goals were, should I say, quote-unquote, incomplete because um, they knew their goals had limits. Or even if they didn't know their God had limits, at that point they got to know because this is the sea that is raging and there's storm and then there's wind, but they are crying upon their various smaller gods and these gods are unable to save them. So they got quite amazed when Jonah said he was serving the actual or the true God who made heavens and earth. And this is him trying to escape because even these men who served smaller gods, they know that um, or they follow these smaller gods with all their hearts. They do their biddings and their vows and all the promises that they say or they have to do even to these smaller gods. So they were quite amazed when Jonah said that he serves a God who made the heavens and earth. And to these men, they know that this is the supreme or the highest of all the gods that the, or to the best of their knowledge, they knew. And they were quite amazed when Jonah was trying to escape from him. So when Jonah told them the solution that um, the only way you can stop this sea from raging is you throwing me into the sea these men were trying to help or save Jonah. And this is something very important that we ought to know. These men are, uh, I can say that these men are pagan men and they don't know that time the God of Israel. And they have been presented with an opportunity to end their tribulations and then tryouts. And that way or the means to end their trials was to end the life of a man but even these pagans were able to know that um, killing somebody can can be one of the worst things you can do so they were trying to even rule the boat to a safe, a safe land so that all the men on board would be safe but it was an impossible task because their efforts proved to be futile so they had to or uh, they ended up throwing Jonah into the sea but that's one thing that i want us to take note of is that in the times of trials and temptations we should not be pointing fingers because these men knew that Jonah was the cause of what they were going through so it was easy for them to just cast Jonah overboard 
and then everything that they were going through would end because we know from verse 15 that as soon as they cast Jonah into the sea the sea stopped its raging the wind stopped blowing the storm stopped and everything was just calm but before they did that they, they were even crying on God and saying that God should forgive them of their sins or God should have mercy on them because they were tempering with innocent blood so one thing I just want us to take note of or to learn is um, we should try and help men irrespective or regardless of who they are because these men were very right to throw Jonah overboard because Jonah was the very culprit here but even before that they tried to the Bible said that they tried to rule the ship to a safe land or to land so that all the men would be safe yes that it was something that was not going to happen so they eventually had to or they ended up throwing Jonah into the sea. But I just want us to learn from even these bigger men that they tried their best to save all of them or even save the culprit or the sinner. In this case, who was Jonah? Yes, it was an impossible task. So they just had to do what Jonah had told them to do because Sometimes as Christian, it's very easy for us to just point fingers, to just blame people and condemn people. You know, maybe your roommate or your friend is maybe um, somebody who is living a lifestyle that does not please God. And most of us, our uh, one of the things that we just do is to just speak against such people and condemn them when we should help them and support them with our love and jesus christ said that the only way that men can even know that you are my disciples is when you truly love me and your neighbor is not just somebody who is um, close to you in your vicinity or your community but your neighbor or we learned the last time from um, or we know from scripture the good samaritan so the neighbor is not just somebody who is close to you but your neighbor can be anyone at all so I just want us to learn from even these bigger men that after they had known the culprits and they had known the solution to end the predicament that they were in, they even tried to help save Jonah. So irrespective of where a person is coming from, irrespective of what somebody has done, the person is not um, beyond redemption. And it is not our duty to judge who can be saved and who cannot be saved. But it is our duty to lend that hand or to extend that helping hand to each and every man, to every sinner, so that each of them will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. I want us to quickly go through the last two um, scriptures and then we'll bring our Bible study to a close. So the verse 16 and then verse 17, it says, Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Yes, yeah, so Mabene, if you have any submissions, you can give it and as well as your final um submission for the night then we can end it there okay so i think um from what i said earlier about being very comfortable even though god is not pleased with you as i spoke um, i i come out and i realized that some of us do also mistake um let's say certain things for the provision of god perhaps let's say you want to yeah there's a, a, a scenario that says someone is going to steal and that the person goes to the person's room he has a way to open the padlock and when he goes there the padlock is open they've opened the door and this person is like oh god has opened it for me or god has done it for me so we shouldn't mistake certain things for the provision of god they are not really god's provision and it also tells what you said about the men being amazed at them um, um, Job, sorry, Jonas, and um, proclamation that he fears God and that he is a Hebrew. So I, it just brings our mind to the fact that we have to walk our talk. A lot of times we are quick, so quick to say that we are Christians. We are so quick to say it's very nicely. You are part of this church. You attend this church. You are part of this fellowship. 
or I serve God and I'm a Christian. But then when it comes to the aspect of doing or really portraying our faith in obedience and in serving God and in honoring God, we really fall short. So this was a man who was blatantly disobeying God. And he also had the guts to say that I fear God, I worship God. So we shouldn't be in the habit of just merely um, talking about our faith, but then we should also prove our faith with our actions because as I said, your action speaks better than your words. So you should aim at making people know who you are by the way you behave towards them and by the way you act and not merely by the way you speak to them. And last, I want to mention that um, this was um, the, the events that we are seeing here is um, people who are in distress, right? They are in, a, in the midst of a storm. There's a lot of turmoils. There's a lot of confusion, chaos. They're just trying to find their way out. And as clearly seen, they were unbelievers. They worshipped whatever gods that they worshipped. It was only Jonah who worshipped the true God, um, the God of heaven. It was, let me say, it was Jonah who was the believer here, who was sort of, let me, if in our context, he was the Christian here. But these people were unbelievers and they, they were in a midst of chaos there was confusion everywhere there was a there, there was a storm they were trying to find their way out but we find jonah asleep again as i mentioned jonah was so indifferent about whatever was going on and this also portrays some of the it's portrays um, the kind of christians we see even in our generation that's in the midst of so much chaos in the midst of so much desperation in the world people are looking for way else there's a lot of us christians who are asleep or who seem not to be care uh, not to care about the plight of people we seem not to care about what people are going through or how people are struggling or even what god has to say concerning and his people we are trying to like escape from god so even in the midst of the challenges perhaps even in our country <laughs> there are lots of things going on uh-huh. but then a lot of christians are asleep but we seem not to care but when we look at these people from verse 6 it tells us that um, after the few journeys as um, benji said it's so amazing to know that these people were unbelievers yes this has so much thought for the life of Jonah. But this Jonah had been given an assignment, which you may not say directly, but then indirectly was to save the lives of a lot of people because the people of Nineveh, they were sinning and God had an intention to, you know, punish them if they were not willing to obey him. So by Jonah's action, he would have saved a lot of people, but Jonah disregarded their lives and then he sought to run away from God. But yet, these unbelievers were thinking about the life of Jonah by not wanting to throw him out. So it should push us to really think about it. Uh-huh. So these were, as I said, concerning the people on the boat. They were unbelievers. They didn't know God or they didn't know the true God. But then they had so much compassion in their hearts. And as I said from verse 6, it says that then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to God and took vows. I'm not sure what's exactly let me brush it up i'm reading it again then the men feared the lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the lord and took vows so we see these men after jonah had told them about their god and after seeing what god had done meaning that when they finally threw jonah into the sea and then and the, the, the storm went down and when they saw what God had done when they saw what this true God had done they had faith or they decided to honor this God by giving a sacrifice to God and then they took vows I'm not sure what that vow means whether they took a vow to serve this particular God or to serve God or to honor God with their lives but they were willing people so in the midst of chaos or even though they were seemed to be unbelievers Jonah would have said well, they don't worship the true God so he 
perhaps was indifferent. So he had on board people around him who didn't serve God. He had people around him who served like other gods, but then he was so on board that he was so indifferent about it. He went down there to sleep. And even in the midst of the tumult, in the midst of the chaos, he was still, he was asleep until they came to tell him or just nudge him and tell him that please there's chaos going on come and call on your God so it just teaches us um, um, or it just brings to our knowledge the fact that a lot of Christians are asleep right now a lot of Christians are indifferent to the suffering of other people or a lot of Christians are indifferent to perhaps the work of God and the kingdom of God and even people who are unbelievers you may have people around you unbelievers around you but then you are so indifferent about them you are asleep concerning them you may have unbelievers around you and they may be seeking help they may have willing hearts as i said earlier that sometimes when god tells us to do something we have this huge obstacle in our mind which you know it's as though this work is going to be difficult or sometimes when we are told to be an evangelist or speak to people we have in our mind that these people they do not listen so it's like they are not going to do it at all but we realize these people are very willing the people on board they are very willing when they saw what god had done they served god they honored god and they sacrificed to god so it should take away the uh, the, the the perception that we have that people are not willing or that god's word is going to be difficult or people around us they are just close to the gospel sometimes that's what we see we think that these people they, they are source of unbelievers so they continue to be unbelievers so that kingdom can do not listen that's what we have in our mind but then we shouldn't have or it shouldn't be so we should know that um there are people that god cares about and we should care about so we shouldn't be indifferent to be applied and we should try to take this step because as we have seen there are people who are really struggling in this life they may be around you in your office in your classroom and even your roommates don't see their um, their unbelief in god as something that's um, is, is going to be there for or, or a stumbling block don't see their challenge or the fact that they don't think as you do as a stumbling block to not telling them about Jesus Christ or not um, minding them or being indifferent to their pleas. So it should teach us that we shouldn't be like Jonah who slept in the midst of temples or who was indifferent to the plight of people, but then we should take a step further to think about people, to look at the people around us. Our eyes should be open to their plight. Our eyes should be open to their own belief in God and take a step further to help them because as I said, the mindset in our minds is that these people there, they are not willing to change. But we see it clearly in verse 6 that after they saw what God has done, so sometimes it's just something that you have to show them or something that you have to tell them about what God has done for you or something, a testimony you have to share or a word you have to share for them to come to faith or for them to give a thought that God really can help them or God also is for them. So let us take the step king to open our eyes or to see the challenges our friends people around us are going to we shouldn't sleep to their plight amen amen god bless you so much Benny, for your wonderful submissions indeed we should walk our talk yeah all right so um i think the ending parts um of the text Benny has spoken elaborately the to the very last and how the men feared God and they even offered sacrifice unto him. It's very interesting. One thing I want us to take note of us is um, how God does his thing. God moves in many mysterious ways. Yeah, from the beginning text, we got to know that these men in the midst of the storms and the wind blowing and the sea raging they were calling upon their gods but we get to know in the latter stage or this very last text that after they had thrown Jonah into the sea they feared god because of what they had just seen and even Jonah without um, speaking or should i say without evangelizing 
or even preaching to them these men have just come to fear god and even believe in him and supposing to us how god does his thing sometimes uh, we don't we do not need to understand what god is doing or how god wants to do his things we just have to be obedient because this is jonah in a very blunt and disobedience he's going against the will of god and even in that um, deed god used this storm and then this blowing wind and this raging sea to make these men come to know him and then even believe in him so i just want to admonish us that irrespective of how the word of god will come to us we should just obey it because even jonah is in his disobedience god was able to use that to make this man believe in him and even fear him and even offer sacrifices to him how much more when we tend to obey god and then follow his will for our lives so i just want to leave us with this question that when we go we should just go and brood on the verse 17 is very fascinating it says now the lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up jonah and jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights and i'm sure this is one of the popular scriptures that we know concerning the story of jonah for those of us who really went to sunday school yes so i just want to pose this question to us that um, did god know that jonah was going to disobey his command so god had god actually prepared this fish or this food to swallow jonah so i'm just posing this question to us that um did god actually because that's what the scripture is saying you know the lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up jonah so is it like god knew it, jonah was going to disobey him so he had already prepared this fish for the future to swallow jonah and then move on with whatever we will see in the um other chapters to come yes so as we go about our duties let's try and then brood over the scripture and then we'll be happy to have our submissions yeah we can put them in a telegram we can just type our submissions and our suggestions into the telegram group concerning this question but the take home message for us is that we should just obey the word of god we should follow the leadings and then the promptings of god so i want us to end with a prayer i just want us to bow down our heads and then i just want us to thank god for his word i just want us to just bless his name and ask that the lord will grant us grace that even as we studied from the first chapter of jonah we would glean from the positives of what we've learned that even as jonah tried to flee from the presence of the lord we won't go on that same path but we would follow the promptings and the word of god we want to ask the lord that you grant us grace that sometimes you know that the things that we are doing are not the right things but we go on to do them but we want to pray that the lord will have mercy upon us and you grant us that enablement you grant us that strength the hymnist said that i want a principle within of jealous godly fear a sensibility of sin and a pain to feel it's near we want to pray that lord grant us that sensibility let your holy spirit always prompt us when we are moving away from your path he said that you will hear a voice behind you saying that this is the right path walk ye in it we want to pray that lord let us always hear your voice let us always hear that sweet voice let us hear that voice that will continue to echo in our ears that this is the right way and we should work in it and so father we thank you for this evening we thank you for your grace and your mercies we ask that you grant us the grace to follow your word and your promptings and in the end we give you the glory we thank you for what you've done for us in jesus name we pray god bless us all for staying with us through to the end of our study and as i said we should do encourage each and every one of us to invite our friends loved ones and everyone to join our telegram page and then follow us on our various podcast platforms and we know that god is going to do mighty things through our lives and as we study his word
before.